Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Years of budget cuts at the IRS have led to a drop in the number of audits. So this year, the agency will try to keep money flowing into the U.S. Treasury by turning up the heat on the ultra-wealthy and large companies. The IRS has revealed only a few details of its plan of attack. After all, too much information could give tax evaders clues. Joining me is tax attorney Corey Steigel of Hockman, Salkin, Reddick, Tosher, and Perez. Corey, there are lots of rich people, lots of large companies. How does the IRS decide whom to target? Well, thank you very much. The, the IRS and the audits today, you, what, they're, what they're auditing is things that happened in the real world, say, three years ago or within three years ago because that's what the statute of limitations is. So what, what, do, we, what do we have with, uh, the, let's say, the working rich that have ordinary income, let's say 500000 uh, a million dollars of income. They want to offset that income potentially with valid losses. So the IRS is looking where the money is and challenging losses that the taxpayer has. So they might be looking at passive losses where you can't offset an ordinary income. Maybe they're looking at hobby losses like, say, racehorses, and maybe there's a, a walnut orchard with a ranch that is a working ranch. There's losses coming from that but various things that are offsetting the income. And, and with the larger businesses, they're also focusing on where they think there could be some efficient audits. Maybe they're looking at methods of accounting for real estate losses. Maybe they're looking at, at tax credits. But at, at the end of the day, when you, when you look at it, much of the, the taxes are paid by the, the wealthy. And as a result, that's why they're focusing on the, on the wealthy. Now, will the IRS send out one of those automated responses first, those automated questions asking you for more information and then you get to provide it? Or is it a full-on audit right away? Well, hopefully you, you do only get a, a desk audit, which is perhaps something was identified in the IRS system under their DIP score, which we, we all can't know because we don't want to, you know, they don't want us to know everything that they're, if they're, look, that they're looking at. But they'll hopefully send out a, a letter and follow up on a specific thing. You give the information, you're done. But hopefully what you don't have is one of their wealth squad audits, which are really focused on the ultra-rich being, say, over $5 million of income a Let, year. Let's talk about the uh, not only the, the wealth squad, but the large business and international division, which focuses on large companies and the ultra-wealthy and includes the wealth squad. And they announced 13 new campaigns. Tell me about some of them. Well, one of the campaigns is focused on the, the high-wealth uh, earners. And basically what it is, at the, at the beginning of the audit, you get a very extensive IDR that basically for, for wealthy individuals seeks out everything they have. It looks for all their sources of income, all their assets. If, if they own an interest in an entity over 20%, they not only ask about their activity, but they'll ask about other board members. So what you have is these very expansive LB&I audits. They're almost like tentacles that reach out not just to the, say, the 1040, but also to the businesses of the wealthy person. So now, 
Is there a red flag that signals that they're going to go after these companies, or is it just the size or the you know or the wealth of the individual? Well, LBNI focuses on on businesses that are over um, ten million in assets or income. Um, so, and and it's it's focused on um, you know very high um, income areas that are going to generate a lot of. Um, Tax. For instance, they have industry groups, heavy manufacturing, natural resources, retailers. And when you look at the returns that they get for every hour that they're auditing, they're, they're quite significant. So the IRS is, is, is going to focus, focus on these. But when you're looking at a, at a, at a wealthy individual, um, at the end of the day, your income alone may well be more likely to trigger an audit. Because you look at a typical person, the audit rate is, say, 1%, a little under 1%. You start to make... You start to make, uh, say, 200000 which is what the IRS starts to say is rich. You're up to 2%. You're making $5 million, you're up to 11%. You're over $10 million, you have a 16% chance of an audit. And that's a couple of years ago. We don't have the most recent data yet. The IRS publishes it. But the fact of the matter is if you're making more income, that alone is enough to give you a higher chance of having an audit. So would you advise your clients or are other tax attorneys advising clients to be less creative about how they lower their tax bills? Well, at the end of the day, the IRS is trying to administer collection at $3 trillion of, of taxes, and they have fewer people to do the, the job. So one of the reasons why they're focusing on this, or for their business reasons, is deterrence. So absolutely, the service wants people to know that there's wealth squads out there focusing on, on people with very complex tax affairs. But my advice would be to rely on your, your CPA or your enrolled agent that's preparing your returns and if it's too good to be true, it sounds too good to be true, maybe it is. We have about uh, 30 seconds here. What, is, what about repatriation? Yes. Um, I'll, I'll tell you that a lot of taxpayers are just, and these are people that are in audits and they, they, the tires have been kicked the last couple of years. People are very interested to see what's going to happen with, the, with some benefits for repatriation. Like, is it possible to, to wait and have a better environment to repatriate money? But I'll tell you, one of the things the IRS is looking at is, do you have offshore accounts? Were there transfers outside of the U.S.? So, you know, that's going to be something they're going to be looking at, but it's also going to be something that taxpayers are looking for potentially in the future to maybe bring back some of that money. We'll see what happens as tax season approaches. Thanks so much for joining us on Bloomberg Law. That's T- Corey Steigel of Hockman, Salkin, Reddick, Tosher, and Perez. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.